We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What up, listener? We wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this Blue Wire podcast. Be sure to show your support to this pod by subscribing and dropping a five-star review on iTunes, a follow on Spotify, or the appropriate dap for any other platform you might be listening on. And if you're enjoying this show, chances are you'll like one of our 75 other sports podcasts. Find more shows you'll love at BlueWirePods.com. Thanks again for listening, and now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. We're talking the Rotoviz Running Back Prospect Lab and 2019 quarterback performance on Rotoviz Radio. What's up, Rotoviz? Hey everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Bet Online. I'm Dave Cabin, senior fantasy analyst at Rotoviz. I am not joined by Matthew Friedman tonight, and that is because Matt, as you may know, lives in Iowa, so he is actually at the Iowa Caucus, uh, an event that I'm actually curious to ask Matt about when he returns next week. Uh, we'll get his take on it. I do not know anything about the local races in Iowa. Um, nonetheless, though, I feel like a caucus has to be an interesting thing to go to. And hey, we uh, live in the two states that vote first. Kind of an interesting thing. Not that you really care about that. And this is what happens when it's just me. But uh, for today's episode, I wanted to start off by talking to the listeners about a really cool to really cool tool that we have revamped thanks to Mike Beers on the site that we're going to be releasing this new version of soon that's really cool. After that, I wanted to talk about some 2019 quarterback performance, especially some of these older quarterbacks that we're starting to see 
reach the end of their careers. Feels like there's a changing of the guard certainly in works. So 2019 season, it's officially done. I thought it was a pretty good Super Bowl. I really enjoyed watching it. San Francisco, as we all saw, started off pretty strong. I was kind of questioning myself for a little bit as I did end up taking the Chiefs favored by one and a half points. I also went with the under, which was easy to feel good about after the first quarter, especially. But we saw things kind of play out the way that I would expect when it came to it. When it came down to the situations where the Niners needed to make plays, they just were not able to do so. And some of the talent on the offensive side of the ball for Kansas City really did shine through. Uh, Really cool to see a player like Damian Williams have such a good game, a guy that actually went undrafted, has made his way into this league, had a lot of success. I enjoyed watching him. Uh, It was great to see Andy Reid get the orange bath. I'm actually disappointed that I did not go with the bet on the Gatorade as orange is what, for completely arbitrary reasons, I would have gone with. Of course, maybe that's a good thing in my process that the two bets I did make both hit, and I did not go with the frivolous Gatorade bet, but still would have been fun. So that wraps up the season. Congrats to the Chiefs. Anybody out there that may be a Chiefs fan, uh, 49ers fans, I think that you're going to be fine. Uh, You will be a contender again next season. Hopefully uh, the team can dust off the Super Bowl loss, which has plagued some teams prior. We'll get Matt's thoughts on it when he does return, see how he did as far as his wagers went. Um, I think, though, he might not be as pleased with how the game played out as I was. At any rate, the first thing that I want to talk with you about is the running back prospect lab that Mike Beers has just about finished rebuilding it's going to be on the site this week it is a really really cool tool i've been playing with it blair sean and some of the other guys have been going back and forth with him uh really building this tool out to be something that's really cool so what the prospect lab is all about is taking different variables like college production anticipated draft position naturally actual draft position after the NFL draft will take place, some combine information, and using that information to build a model to predict NFL success. Now, this tool is going to be different than the old running back prospect lab that we had in that you can choose between some different variables. So you'll be able to look at the player's first three seasons, their total points, see try to predict their best season of their first three seasons or their average points per game played in those first three seasons which is kind of a new way of projecting players in the prospect lab but more than anything i mean this new version just allows you to really choose from so many different variables put them together try to build your own model uh it has some things that are going to help let you know if you're doing that in a way That, I guess, I would say is like, quote-unquote, smart. So you're going to be able to see some things like the adjusted R-squared, some other things that will kind of guide you into if you're kind of heading in the right direction as you choose the inputs that you want to go into your customized model. So, for example, I can pull up Nick Chubb right now, and it's going to load his stats. So Chubb, his final college age was 22, weight 227, 40-time of 452, three cones 7.09, played in a power conference, draft position was 35, 
had 16.1 attempts per game, uh, rushing touchdowns per game of, of 0.94. All this stuff gets loaded in. And the other really neat thing, too, is we also have final season stats in the tool as well as career-based stats. You have all of these different inputs in there, and then you can toggle them on and off. And there's a little module to the right of the box where you're going to choose which inputs you want. That's going to give you some information on the results of your model. And if it is predictive, and I'm going to be publishing an article soon that will show you not only how to use the tool, but try to make some sense of the results that you're getting. Um, we talk a little bit in that article about how you don't want to just throw in every input as that might force the model to be overfit. Um, it'll have some collinearity in there, which will remove some of the good that you're trying to get out of the model, I guess I would say. But so anyways, you put all of these things in and that is going to then create a projection that is going to include, like I said, um, for those three measures, the players points per game in some facet of their first three seasons. It's also going to give you a projectile, a projected percentile. So you can see if you put every player in our database into this model, what percentile their fantasy point projection falls out in. Now, the really sweet thing about this is, though, you do not have to load stats from a player that is in the database. If there's a rookie that's not in there, you can put in manually all of the information. Um, you can also experiment. You can also experiment just using different variables and seeing what a player that has those measures would look like, where they might project, which is really cool. Um, you're going to see some neat things in there. It's just really fun to, to look back at old players and see where they would have projected. So you get that, that particular projection for that player. You can look at players that were in that range and see the players that produced or that the model thinks would have produced in a way similar to the one you're projecting. And then you can compare that with how that player actually did. Obviously, once you're in the tool, this is going to be a lot more meaningful and it's going to be really cool to play with. But I did want to mention this as I've been playing around a lot with it, uh, trying to get a sense of what DeAndre Swift and some of these other running backs might do. It's cool to see names of players that you kind of have forgotten about pop up um, in some of these closest projections as you're working through, but definitely something that you're going to want to check out. Uh, like I said, we'll have an article that's going to be coming up on the site that will give you some more information on how to really use it. But I think this is one of those things that helps you to understand in a better way the things that can can impact a player's performance because in this tool what you can do is you basically turn off all of the variables you just turn on one or two and then you you can get a sense of how those correlate with performance at the next level let's just get it out there right now draft position is so vitally important and that's something that you see as you look at the model results and that adjusted r squared and some of the other measures that you'll see in the app you'll see how important of a variable that is now don't worry if you don't want to go in and play around with this even though i really suggest that you do because it's just so much fun to play with we'll be, we'll have articles coming out that are going to give you some of the highlights of what we find as we started playing around with that but um if you're not yet on the site and you do want to get in on using tools in more 
tools that we have available, definitely head to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Take advantage of that 10% listener only discount and start playing around with these tools. We'll probably talk to uh, in some upcoming episode in upcoming episodes about uh, some of the results that I've seen from playing around with this too, which um, I spent actually a fair amount of the game last night with this kind of on my computer screen in the background as I was watching. So just had a lot of fun playing with it. Now let's shift over and let's talk some more about 2019 quarterback performance. So we have Lamar Jackson really sticking it to me. Finishing as the league MVP in unanimous fashion. Let's quickly recap these passing totals. Yards, 3,127. Just 401 attempts, though. 265 completions. Completion percentage of 66%. 36 touchdowns. Here's the thing. If I sort for quarterback touchdowns, Lamar Jackson, 36. Jameis Winston, closest player behind him at 31. Completion percentage. For Lamar Jackson, comes in at 66%. Like I said, out of quarterbacks that actually played significant snaps, only Derek Carr and Ryan Tannehill really finishing ahead of him. Uh, No, I take that back. You also have Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan, Deshaun Watson, and then Phillip Rivers, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson also at the 66, but it's really hard for me to overstate just how good Lamar Jackson was. Also, only through six interceptions. Just can't say enough about the season that he had, and I do think it's very fair to view him as the top fantasy quarterback for next season. Probably more than fair. I think that really should be the conclusion that one draws. Also, Kyler Murray, another player that we talked about an awful lot wins the Offensive Rookie of the Year award. Sure, definitely slanted in the direction of quarterbacks. But hopefully um, some of you out there were able to get him on your te- on your teams this year and, and make use of that. Um, just to recap his numbers, 323 completions out of 500 passes, that's 65%. Only 18 touchdowns, 10 picks. But he also did add in the rushing production, 91 attempts, 544 yards, four touchdowns. So I think that you have to be encouraged by that season for Murray, not to speak for Matt, but I'm imagining that we're both still pretty encouraged about his prospects. Uh, And reminder, his uh, PPR per game for quarterbacks was actually uh, 15th, but ninth overall in PPR. So maybe he didn't finish quite as high as we would have liked in PPR per game, but I still think there's some encouraging aspects to his game. He also finished as a QB one seven times. So, you know, good, good rookie season. What I was more interested in talking about was some of these older quarterbacks, for example, Philip Rivers. Now from a fantasy perspective, Rivers finished in at 25 in PPR per game. Not what you like to see. With seven in attempts, three incompletions, 11th in completion percentage, four in pass yards, but just 15th in passing touchdowns. And a real telling thing here is QBR ranks 23 among passers. If we look at his QBR in 2019, 
88.5. It was 105.5 the season prior, 96 in 2017. It was 87.9 in 2016, but the three seasons prior to that, it was a little bit stronger. Now, you can't just look at uh, QBR, obviously, but touchdowns really down four rivers. The lowest total that he'd recorded back uh, going back to 2000. And 17 had thrown 32 and 18, 28 and 17, 33 in 16. The completion percentage for him, uh, right in his normal range, so nothing too bad there. But also, the 20 interceptions that's not good. Had thrown 10 in 2017, 12 in 2018. Of course, he did throw 21 back in 2016. On how many attempts did he have? Let's see. He had 578 that season, 591 in 2019. But clearly, this was not the Phillip Rivers that we were accustomed to seeing. Still had 4,615 yards, but the yards per attempts were down from the season prior. If you just look, though, at the career summary, I don't think that you're going to be all that alarmed outside of looking at the passing touchdown numbers Perhaps some of that is just negative variance in the year. Does not look like we're going to see him as a charger again. There's the rumors of him going to Tampa Bay, which we talked about. But again, uh, this is not the old Phillip Rivers. As far as fantasy goes, I don't think that you're going to see him being a usable quarterback. In the coming season, dynasty value should be really deteriorated. And does not figure to be a name that we're going to talk a lot about in a fantasy perspective going forward. Now, Tom Brady, we have to talk about. The Patriots are willing to pay upwards of $30 million to keep him in New England. Seems like the Raiders are really interested in going after Brady as well. The reports are that for Brady, it's more about getting in a situation where he has the weapons around him, something severely lacking in 2019. So let's just see how ugly it really was. As far as touchdown passes go, Brady threw 24, which is his lowest total going back to 2006. Uh, 2018, he had 29, 2017, 32 and 28 in 2016. So Brady QBR of 88 in 2013, he did post an 87 was at 97 or higher uh, every season in between 2013 and 2019. As far as interceptions go, only through eight for him. That's a normal total, just 4,000 yards. And naturally, it's going to come down to, if he stays with the Patriots, having the weapons around him to become a player that we're going to be really thinking about from a fantasy perspective again. So, tough year for Mr. Brady. We'll see what happens in free agency. We're now going to take a quick break to tell you about our brand new sponsor, Bet Online. If you missed your chance to bet on the Niners and Chiefs in the Super Bowl... Fear not, listener. Blue Wire is excited to be partnering with Bet Online to help you win big no matter the time of year. With March Madness, the Masters, and Major League Opening Day right around the corner, Bet Online has you covered for all your latest news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Plus, it's never too early to lay down your future bet for Super Bowl 2021. 
head over to betonline.ag and use our promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. We signed up. It's super easy. And if you're already making wagers, it's a fantastic way to support this podcast. Again, that's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, when you sign up at betonline.ag. Bring your best bets home with Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Drew Brees, getting up there as well, has come out saying that he does not mind splitting snaps with Taysom Hill next season, or at least allowing the Saints to use Hill more commonly under center, taking Brees off of the field. QBR for Brees. In 2019, 116.3 remaining strong. Breeze has been over 100 every season since 2015. Of course, when you have as good of a connection with a player like he does with Michael Thomas and talented guys around you, shouldn't come as much of a surprise. Only through 378 times in 2019. Of course, some of that goes back to only playing in 11 games, but he completed 281 of those attempts for a 74% completion rating, 27 touchdown passes. In 11 games, he threw 32 in 2018. So the touchdown pace was perfectly fine. Of these older quarterbacks, I think it's very easy to argue that Drew Brees is playing closest to the peak level relative, or let me say that differently. He's playing at a level that's closest to the peak, his peak level that he recorded in his time in the league. Saints are still looking like a contender. So of these older quarterbacks, he's probably one that you can still be interested in for fantasy purposes. Um, another name that I think is interesting to look at quickly would be Matthew Stafford. Let's pull him up here. So Stafford kind of turned things around this season. Only got to play in eight games, but he threw 19 touchdown passes in those eight games. In 2017, he had 29 and 16. 2018, just 21 in 16 games. Pass yards per attempt jumped up to 8.6. Highest total of his career. Completion percentage at 64 in a normal range for himself through just five picks in those eight games, which is pretty common. Uh, as in a 16-game season, he's normally going to throw somewhere between 10 to 13 in recent years. Pretty good season for Stafford. And I think that with Kenny Galladay there, he's a player that could still be somewhat useful in fantasy next season. I don't think he's going to be an every week type of starter, but in PPR per game on just a per, per just a per game basis, Stafford finished second among passers. Key takeaway here is he's a guy that most people are probably going to forget about. Maybe that will slip him back one or two rounds. In his eight games, finished as a QB1 in five of them, went over 25 points in five out of eight games. There's a lot to be encouraged by with this performance from Stafford. I don't expect that you're going to see him finishing as a top five fantasy passer next season, but I think a name worth remembering, especially as we start getting into best ball season, which, uh, by the way, Mike Beers has got some of the best ball tools already fired up, ready to go. Guys on the site have been using them. I have not started my best ball drafts, but I am actually considering making the change to becoming 
more best ball focused than anything else next year. And Stafford's one of those guys that I would consider incorporating on a lot of my teams. Aaron Rodgers. Good season from a real life standpoint, as far as fantasy goes, proved to be an okay option. Ranks 15th in PPR per game among quarterbacks. Uh, was 8th in passing touchdowns, 15th in QBR, uh, 28th in completion percentage, threw for 4,002 yards in 16 games, completed 62% of passes, 7 yards per attempt, which has been which is in line what he's been doing since 2015, 26 touchdown passes, one more than last season, just 4 interceptions, QBR of 95, don't think that there's signs pointing to a major decline for Rodgers. Maybe a slight bounce back from last season, given some of the takeaways that people had. But really, the total yards were down. Touchdowns up by one. Interceptions up just a little bit. QBR dropped down by about uh, two points. Nothing too different. But uh, Devontae Adams will be there next year. A lot of talented players around him. I think we're probably going to see Rodgers finish in a similar area, real high level, I think that the quarterbacks that we should be expecting to finish at the top of rankings in the coming season, naturally you have Lamar Jackson, I think Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson make strong cases to be mentioned at the top of that list. I do think that Josh Allen is going to be a viable option. He was exceptional at points this last season, Finished at 14 in PPR per game, but that rushing potential he has shown is going to be there very commonly, and he did go over 20 points in all but six games last season, so it's hard to hate on that. I think Dak Prescott will have a strong season next year as well. An interesting thing that we can look at is passing air yards. Jameis Winston with 6,216 air yards thrown. The next closest player was Dak with 5,222. I think that if we do see Jameis return to Tampa Bay, as we mentioned, that's really solid for the team's receivers. I think that we could see a situation where you're going to want to go after Jameis as much as we've maligned him does not need to be a good real-life passer. Finished four in PPR overall, eight in PPR per game. Probably going to see something similar to that next year, given the amount of shots that he's taken down, taking downfield, how much that team is passing. Conversion rate of 50%, which is actually higher than players like Wilson and Wentz. And that's 10.3 air yards per attempt. Again, the closest is Dak at 9.3. It's kind of surprising to actually to see Matt Ryan on this list uh, coming in at number three, 4,698. Obviously, we know the Falcons pass a lot. I did not think it would be that high. One thing I do like to look at is air yards per attempt. Matthew Stafford was at 10.6, so a little bit ahead of Winston before he went out. Then you have Wilson, Prescott, Roethlisberger, player that would be really interesting to dig into a little bit more uh, in an episode when Matt and I can go back and forth. Ryan Tannehill at 9.1. Boy, what an impressive season for Ryan Tannehill. 
comes in filling in for Marcus Mariota, 71% completion rate. As I said, he saw real action beginning in week seven. And from week seven on, he threw 22 touchdown passes, just six picks, QBR of 118. Also rushed for four touchdowns. Can Tannehill repeat a season like this? I don't know. I mean, he has two really good weapons in Corey Davis and A.J. Brown. Derrick Henry running the ball. There's a lot to like for his outlook next season. I would be prudent, though, with a player like Tannehill. I don't think anybody's going to be reaching for him. But I could see how maybe you start to extrapolate these numbers into next season and you get overly hyped on him. Don't get me wrong. He is a player that you might be able to use nearly every week as a low-end QB1. Maybe that's what you're hoping for. Um, But it's dangerous to extrapolate these numbers out, given that we have seen in his career, maybe some of this goes back to his situation in Miami, but we have not seen the consistency like he had this season in other years. It just hasn't been there. That's not to say that it can't be, but I don't think it's the type of thing that you want to bet on. His best season prior to this one came in 2014, where he threw for 4,045 yards, just 6.9 yards per attempt, 66% completion, 27 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. For reference, 9.6 pass yards per attempt in 2019. And of course, that's an entirely different, different situation, but again, it's hard to really take this and carry it forward. I think on that note, I'm going to close things down. I will be back later in the week with another episode. Uh, Matt will not be here for that, but I'm going to try to come up with something interesting for that episode. So as always, thanks for checking in. Definitely go to your podcast player of choice. Make sure that you are subscribed. Give us a review. All of that good stuff. Follow me on Twitter at DaveKabenFF. Thanks for tuning in, and we will be back later in the week. Until next time, remember, it's not a fantasy if you believe it.